10 to 1, episode 24. Top 10 sci-fi and fantasy characters. Welcome to 10 to 1, the podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. So our favorite genre in TVs and books and pretty much any kind of fiction and nonfiction, I'd say, is sci-fi fantasy. And so we just thought we'd do a list of our favorite characters from that genre. Yeah, and like last week with comic book characters, we had already made this list for the Sci-Fi Christian Countdown, Listener Countdown. Which they're going through that right now. They just started. So if you're interested, go hop over and check that out. Yeah, definitely. But first, finish listening to our episode. Of course. And without further ado, hit us with your number 10. All right, my number 10. And right as I was about to say his name, I realized, is he really a sci-fi or fantasy character? But I'm going to (laughs) say yes. Yes, he is. Sherlock Holmes is my number 10. He made my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's I so mean, therefore he must be. It's definitely in the realm of speculative fiction. Um, I don't think anyone like Sherlock Holmes could actually exist. Someone who is able to know all the different soil types of London and be able to tell who someone is from some cigarette ash, something oh, yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, really liked reading the Sherlock Holmes books when I was a kid, and have read all of the Arthur Conan Doyle stories. Read some of the. Others written by other authors through the years. We've watched the Sherlock TV show, the the British one, some of the movies, and yeah, I really like the character. The the very analytical, sort of um, calculating, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he has his faults, of course. He has as his well. faults, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I re- I've really liked the character in all media that i've seen him in so he pretty much was a must must have on the list so that's why he's he's my number 10 sherlock holmes all right good choice i only considered him because he is such a cool character but i can't relate to him in any way first of all he's a man and second of all he's just very very analytical and almost never has like any emotions or any softer side to him so so you can relate to everybody on your list of course i can this is gonna be fun (laughs) uh let me just double check oh yeah i can relate to almost everybody Uh on my list (laughs) right okay with your number 10 then so my number 10 is captain james t kirk from star trek whoa captain of the starship enterprise so he's so cool. He's got this devil may care attitude sometimes, <laughs> but he's very a very solid guy. He he knows how to run his ship, runs it well, has that air of authority, and he's a likable fellow. He's a hit with the dames. He's <laughs> good looking, of course, in every version that you see him in. But he is he's so relatable. He's such he's this blend of fire and restraint and honor and cunning so 
So I th- just think he's such a cool character, and I kind of like how the the Klingons have this real respect for him, like he's the first oh, yeah. human that they ever actually respected. So that's pretty cool. The Klingons didn't have a word for devil until they met Captain Kirk. Yeah. My <laughs> number 10, Captain Kirk. Nice. And that's not nostalgia talking, because you didn't see... Nope. Any of the Star Trek. Not until I was an adult. We were married. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good choice. All right. My number nine is a character from the Chronicles of Pridane children's book series. I chose. Is it Gurgi? I chose Terran, the main character. And yeah, if you haven't read the Chronicles of Pridane, it's a uh, children's book series loosely based on Welsh mythology and it's pretty standard fantasy as far as uh, the young farmer boy goes on adventures and out to grows seek his fortune. And, yeah yeah fights the the darkness the evil forces of darkness and uh but it's really really well done it's very well written uh there's a lot of not explicit moralizing, but a lot of really good um, moral uh, lessons, I guess. Like, the character Taryn really grows up a lot through the five-book series. Mm-hmm. He starts off as... This brash, young Right, boy. pretty pretty dumb kid who thinks it would be glorious to go fight battles. And you know, by the end of the series, he's very much more grown up he's a little bit more serious a little bit more somber mm-hmm. and realizes it's not a glorious thing to to fight to, battles right to have to fight battles you know he realizes that's sometimes necessary and he does do that but he'd much rather be a man of peace and mm-hmm. so it's a really interesting character really good book series i definitely recommend checking it out if you have children still enjoyable even as an adult yeah i actually did i read them a few years ago and it was mm-hmm. it was still good very well written. I think the last one won oh, a Newberry Medal or something yeah. like that for what that whatever that's worth. <laughs> uh, so yeah, really good uh, little little book series there. That's the Chronicles of Prydain and my number nine, Terran. Yeah, I like that book series a lot. There's some really lovable characters. Mm-hmm. I reread the series as an adult and found the first book is a little bit rough. Uh, it's a little slow. Yeah, but after that, it picks up, and it's it's good. All right, well, my number nine is a British hero known as basically our... So I was going to say our King Arthur, and then I realized, well, he's British too. And by <laughs> our, I mean American, so never mind. But the guy I'm talking about is Robin Hood. So, the man, the myth, the legend, he is just so cool. So, obviously, I'm not really a communist, and I don't believe Mm. in taking from the rich to feed the poor, but somehow in the Robin Hood legends, it's cool, because it's not a matter of, uh, since it's fantasy, then in this case, the rich people are the really oppressive people, and they're, they're just... Uh, actually really taxing the poor people and and taking all their hard-earned wages and what little they have. 
that's not like today where the rich people are actually the people who are providing a lot of jobs for everybody else. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But in the myths, it's just really noble how Robin Hood takes up the poor man's plight and he goes and steals from the rich and doesn't keep it for himself, but he shares it with the poor so that they can eat and feed their starving children. And, of course, he's always so cool, and he's a dead shot with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and uh, the sheriff of Nottingham is always searching for him, but he's elusive as a ghost, he and his band of merry men. My number nine, Robin Hood. All right. Yeah, I was really into Robin Hood as a kid. Those are really fun, fun stories. All right, my number eight is my character that I like best from Star Wars. And I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, for sure. I didn't watch them when I was real young, so it's it's not a really heavy nostalgia pull on me. But I really do like... C-3PO. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, he's cool, yeah. Yep, good in the prequel movies, good in the original movies. Good in the prequel books. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, I read a few of the... A few, I read a few of those. Yeah, he's just a cool character. Very very wise he's that you know wise mentor to luke and that's always a cool character the uh, kind of wise old wizard basically just put into a into a sci-fi setting and yep the way that he uh, works with anakin skywalker and tries to raise him right and you know the faith he has in him and then is very disappointed oh. when he goes to the dark side uh, that was, I think, Crushed. the best. The best scene of the of the prequels. Yeah, when he's you know kind of yelling at him. You were supposed to be the chosen one. You were like my brother, Anakin. Yeah, I loved you. Which not a great movie, but uh, the a book, very the novelization mo- of that yeah. is actually pretty good. Heart rending. That and moment. a good character, and played by good actors as well. Yeah. So, yep. So that's my number eight, Obi Wan Kenobi. Well. I uh, I used to be a huge nerd about Star Wars and then just was reading all the books in mm-hmm. the whole series and then eventually ran out of good books and got onto all the crummy ones and that kind of <laughs> took away my desire for Star Wars, anything Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit jaded about it now, but I agree with you. He's a really good character and still... I'd say one of the best characters in that universe. Him. For sure. Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Maybe some others. Count Han Dooku. Solo. Han Solo, yeah. Co- yeah. Count Dooku's pretty cool, too. Hmm. All right, so moving on to my number eight. This character comes from the Discworld series. Oh, oh. I bet you can't guess who it is. Is this your only Discworld character? No. On your list? But you're not going to guess this one. Okay, well, why don't you just tell me then? It's Havelock Vetinari. That was one of the ones I was going to guess. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you thought I liked him that much. Okay, so he is the... What's his title? Uh, the Patrician. Okay, he is the Patrician of the city of Ankh-Morpork. He believes in one man, one vote. And he's the one man who gets the one vote. <laughs> he is first among equals. He's a very interesting man. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is supposed to, the city is supposed to be kind of run by a democracy, 
but he has managed to get himself into a seat of power and hold all the power. Yeah, he's a dictator. Yeah, basically. But he has it set up to where everybody would rather he remain in power than somebody else uh, who might be more rightful to the throne or something Mm -hmm. get in power. Right. Which is very interesting. So he, uh, rather than stamping out crime, he organizes it so that they have to pay taxes. So now crime is kind of legal. Right. <laughs> There's a thieves guild. Yeah, so you pay, pay taxes. Pay taxes to the, the thieves and you get robbed, but then you only get robbed like once a year or something like that. Right. Uh, get a receipt. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, same with the Assassin's Guild, and uh, he's he plays all the guilds against each other. He has eyes and ears everywhere, and he's super smart. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of the Sherlock Holmes for me. Yeah. Uh, takes note of every detail, can't be outsmarted. He's great. My number <laughs> eight, Havelock Vetinari. All right. My number seven, he showed up on our villains list. It is Prince Zuko from wow. Avatar The Last Airbender. Wow. Yep. And I'd already talked about him on that episode, but I just really like the character. Very much the the flawed character, very concerned with his honor, mm-hmm. and very concerned with being accepted by his father, and uh, the things that he'll do to get that acceptance. and The yeah. lengths he'll go to. Right. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting character. So if you haven't checked out Avatar The Last Airbender, you should. I fully endorse this choice. (laughs) So that's my number seven, Zuko. My number seven also comes from the Discworld universe. Okay. My last character from there. Vimes. Yes, Sam Vimes. Okay, so. You thought I wasn't going to be able to guess your Discworld characters. Ah, (laughs) Best characters ever. So, uh, again, Harking back to Sherlock Holmes, you talked about somebody who can tell the different soils of the city, where they're from. Mm-hmm. This is Sam Vimes. He's the head of the police police department, the city watch. And he likes to wear boots with really thin soles so that he can always know where in the city he is standing just by the feel of the cobblestones under his feet. <laughs> Even if it's completely dark out, he'll always know where he is. He knows this. Know where he is. He knows the city I guess that that's well. What you call street smart. Indeed, but he is very smart. There's a lot of growth to his character. Mm-hmm. So the uh, guards books uh, is the series that he's part of, and it starts out he's this. Uh, just part of a small group of four men in the city watch, and he's a drunkard, a really heavy drinker, and mm-hmm. uh, not really much good for anything except going and getting drunk again. And right. then very poor, always been poor, right? Not much education, very hard bitten. Mm-hmm. And then, but he ha- he wants to do what's right, or he he wants to see justice. Yeah brought about right. might not always want to do what's right <laughs> but he is definitely a very interesting character and there's a really good amount of growth in his character mm-hmm. definitely go check out the guards books and the city watch books in the Discworld series yep 
My number seven, Sam Vimes. All right. For my number six, so I talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi and how I like the sort of old wizard character. Well, even better than Obi-Wan Kenobi is Gandalf. I knew it. Yep. Gandalf the wizard. I think I like Gandalf the gray better than Gandalf the white. But they're both Gandalf. Yeah. So I'll say Gandalf. Yeah, from the Lord of the Rings books and movies. And, you know, the ultimate uh, old, wise, kind. Yet um, stern. Very, yeah, he's stern. Doesn't brook any any nonsense. But uh, sometimes you see a little. still be kind. And see a little gleam of humor in his eyes sometimes. Right. Yep. He's a great character. I was trying to remember some of the quotes from him, and I it's been a long time since I've read the books. But the one that I like the best from him in the movies is when uh, he's talking to Frodo. They're in the mines of Moria in the oh, Fellowship yeah. of the Ring, and Frodo says he wishes that the ring had never mm-hmm. come to him, and nothing, none of it had ever happened. And uh, Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, oh, and uh, there are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, in which case you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. Yeah. And just that that uh, force for good in the world, that representative of uh, the god character in, in the Middle-earth, and so, yeah, the you're never quite sure exactly what he's capable of, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. I always thought, you know, you see, you see, sometimes his his real power comes out, but most of the time, he just seems to be an old man, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to to make changes through counsel and uh, through advice rather than, huh. you know, bring out a a flaming sword or throwing fireballs yeah. or something like that. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that way. Like a lot of other similar type characters in other books do. Yeah. Um, his is a lot more uh, subtle. Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. So that's what I really like about Gandalf. Another quote that I really like from Gandalf is when Frodo is talking about Gollum and he says, it's a pity that Bilbo didn't kill Gollum when he had the chance. Pity. It was from pity that he did not kill him. It was pity that stayed yeah. his hat. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I like that. It's the way he helps you look at things from a different perspective, a better perspective. Right. Yep. Good choice. Good All job, right. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Yeah, he knocked that one out of the park. Mm-hmm. Okay, my number six is from the book series called The Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. And I started reading this series, boy, a long time ago, back when I was still in middle school. And only just recently finished it. There's like 14 books or 15 in (laughs) the series. Yeah, and they're super thick, big books. So, yeah, that series went on a lot longer than it should have. But it follows the adventures of three young boys from this laid-back small village mm-hmm. and they end up going on grand adventures and saving the world standard fantasy fair but one of the one of the boys that I really like is called Matt Cawthon. Ah uh, yes. I think he's the best of the three. Hmm. So like I said they all start out as just these 
country bumpkins and <laughs> you know they they have different personalities but there's you know they're on pretty much equal footing and then they all go out their separate ways and uh get their different titles and and claims to fame and Matt it ends up being the roguish gambler type <laughs> who is really good at juggling and throwing daggers he's really quick with his hands and stealing he uh, learns all sorts of magic tricks. He ends up being really good at using a quarterstaff, which mm. I think is a pretty cool weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't see it very much, but uh, he bests some super skilled swordsmen with a quarterstaff. And, you know, everybody's all uh, in awe of these swordsmen and thinking, oh, they're the greatest. And he says, oh, well, they've got these weak spots and I could beat them with just a staff of wood. So there's really cool moments like that. And then he ends up having this band of men who follow him. So he kind of becomes sort of this Robin Hood character. So (laughs) he just becomes a really cool guy. And he's... So that's my number six, Matt Cawthon from the Wheel of Time series. All right. Which, if you do check out that book series, just know that, first of all, it's very long. Also, <laughs> some reader caution is advised. Right. There's some objectionable content. Right. Yeah, I read the first book in that series. I think I'm good. Just way it's, too long. <laughs> yeah. And it was It, was it okay. really it dragged was in the middle. And me, then so. the last few books, like were incredibly awesome. So it starts out okay. strong, drags in the middle, and finishes strong again. Yeah, and I wasn't too impressed with the first book, so I yeah. guess I should just yeah. avoid. I liked the world that he built, though. So I'll, I'm going to cool. go reread them again as an adult and see if Whoa. they're really worth my time. Whoa. Anyway. All right. My number six. Well, my number five, speaking of giant books that are probably longer <laughs> than they should be, one book that I really enjoyed reading a few years ago Jonathan Strange and Mr. Oh, Norrell. Yeah. And so my number five is the eponymous Jonathan Strange. Huh. Yep, really like this character. So uh, if you haven't read the book or seen the BBC miniseries, which are both pretty good, uh, the book Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is set in a sort of alternate, uh, maybe 16, 1700s, maybe 1600s England. And so... Uh, the one twist is that fairies exist. So kind of picture if Charles Dickens or Jane Austen wrote a book like they normally did, but it also had fairies. Hmm. And so there's this whole other world of fairies that kind of exists alongside of England and the rest of the world. And so uh, there's no more magicians in in England at this point in, when the story starts. And the first third of the book is uh, magic is slowly coming back through the wizard, Mr. Norrell. And then in the second third of the book, we get to meet Jonathan Strange, who is a uh, a novice, an amateur, where Mr. Norrell has been studying magic for years and years and years. And he has all these books in his library, and he's very well learned, but... You know, socially awkward and and very introverted. Jonathan Strange is sort of a dashing younger man, charismatic. Charismatic. He picks up magic very quickly and very is adept very, at it. Very creative with it. He doesn't have all the book learning, but 
he's able to um, accomplish more than than Norrell is kind of works by instinct a lot of the time. Right. So, yeah, he's a really interesting character. He definitely has his flaws, of course. Um, he uh, takes his wife for granted. He pretty much ignores her and uh, regrets that later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he does. He goes to some some very far lengths to. Uh, I won't t- I won't say how the book exactly goes, but he goes to goes really far trying to do some magic, and yeah, it's it's really interesting exactly how far he goes and and the things that he does and is capable of, and I really like the world that Susanna Clark hmm. put together. It's one of those books that has bunches and bunches of footnotes, like you'll have a page that more footnotes than content on the page <laughs> and i was i was like those books uh, nerd with some really those ones with really interesting asides yeah as long so, as they're actually interesting yeah so it's definitely longer than it should be uh, the last third of the book probably should have been half as long as it is but the tv show the tv show was really interesting to watch yeah. Yeah, i hadn't TV read the good. book and i like the show mm-hmm so that's my number five, Jonathan Strange. All right. Well, my number five is a character that showed up earlier on your list. Whoa. Want to uh, guess? Let's see. Um, Gandalf. No. Zuko. Yes. Ta-da. Yeah, everything you said, Prince Zuko. I love the tortured anti-hero type, and he's perfect in this role. <laughs> And I really don't want to say too much about him because I don't want to spoil the series that you really should go watch. But he is definitely one of the best characters in that series. In a a series of really great characters all around. Mm -hmm. My number five, Prince Zuko. Nice. Well, my number four was already on your list. You want to guess? James Kirk? Nope. That's a good one, though. Oh, Vetinari. Yep. Yeah. Lord Vetinari, the patrician of Ankh-Morpork. Yep. All the things that you said, definitely true. And I think the most interesting thing about him is that he's utterly ruthless. He's a complete dictator, but he's very effective. Yes. And so it very really good makes at you what think, he does. It really makes you think about that kind of moral question. You know, he's not having people murdered. Yeah, he's not evil per se. Right, necessarily. But he's I wouldn't say he's good either. No. Um but very effective. Yeah, he he's runs not, the city so really well. It's really interesting. So, you know, they said uh was it about Mussolini or Hitler? Mm-hmm. He made the trains run on time. Right. Uh which actually I think wasn't true, but anyway. <laughs> if you know, if there's a if there's a person like that, like say a Hitler, but they weren't uh you know, anti-semitic they weren't um you know against um people that didn't look like them basically and you know if they were just very efficient and they made all the decisions and you know took away people's freedoms but they made their lives better ultimately right it's really interesting so is that okay and what if the people are okay with that does that make it okay yeah so it's really interesting so yeah i really like Vetinari, and we still haven't even gotten to his best book, I don't think. Ah. Uh, there's, uh, 
There's one coming up that I really like him in. Uh, a couple, actually. So we'll have to keep reading those Discworld books together. Awesome. I can't wait. Yep. So that's my number four, Lord Vetinari. All right. My number four comes from The Lord of the Rings. Would you like to guess the character? Aragorn? Nope. Fatty Lumpkin? How'd you know? Woohoo! No. Bill the Pony. Just this shut up now. <laughs> Tom Bombadil. <laughs> no. Worm Tongue. It's Samwise Gamgee. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I've been dropping no eaves, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, the ever loyal friend who is always yeah. there for Frodo, no yeah. matter how weird he gets, no matter <laughs> how dangerous looking, even when he turns on Frodo, uh, on Sam, and says, Get out of here, leave me alone. In the movies, not the yeah, books. in the Okay, I haven't read the books. I've I've read part oh, really? of the fellow I've read oh, part of the Fellowship of the Ring, but that's it. They're on my to read list. Yeah, maybe next year. Yep, that's what I'm planning on. And then we can do a Lord of the Rings episode. Ooh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, anyway, so even when Frodo tells him to leave him, Sam does it, but only because it'll really please him. And then when he realizes that Frodo's in terrible danger. He runs, he starts immediately turning back and running back to, towards mm-hmm. his master. And there's no, nothing about, oh, my, he hurt my feelings. And you know what? If he really wants the ring that bad and, and wants to be Gollum's friend, then he can just have him, you know? No, he immediately rushes into danger, into the scary dark cave and attacks this humongous spider. Just to defend his his friend's friend Frodo, <laughs> and yep. and then there at the end when he says, "I can't carry the ring for you, Mister Frodo, but I can carry you." <laughs> Best moment of the whole series, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so heroic. Sam is the best hero in the whole series to me. And so he is my number four. Nice. Yeah, he's not on my list of favorite characters, but I agree. He is the best person in Lord of the Rings. Best hero. All right. And the ultimate hero, I would say. Yeah. Okay. My number three is my favorite character that Douglas Adams invented. Let me think. From my favorite book that Douglas Adams wrote. Okay, so it's got to be... I was going to say... Dirk Gently's, but... Dirk Gently. Okay, it yep. is Dirk Gently's. Yep. Holistic From Detective Agency. From Dirk Gently's Agen- Holistic Detective Agency. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and... the character of Dirk Gently. Okay, so it is Dirk Gently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. So he's a detective. He believes in uh, solving mysteries holistically, which means he <laughs> looks at everything, even the things that you wouldn't think have anything to do with a mystery. He believes somehow they're connected. The interconnectedness of everything. Right. So he's he's a slob. He's, you know, kind of dumpy. Oh, he's got he's... food stains on his clothes. And... Right. He doesn't have any money. He seems like he'd be the last person you'd want to hire to solve your mystery. But he gets results. He has some sort of innate power, like a, one story from the book. I won't, I won't really go into much into the book, but for example, he was at school, at, at university, and he decided he was going to make some money. 
And the way he did that was by selling the answers <laughs> to the final exams to the other students. And so he didn't actually have the answers. He just, you know, made some up. He just kind of thought, okay, well, what are the what are kind of the things that the teachers would would ask about? And he would dashed out some answers, questions and answers, and sold it for a bunch of money to all the other students. And then and that got him expelled when the faculty found out. And the amazing thing was that the faculty, when they found out and compared the answers that he had given, they matched the exam exactly to the word, <laughs> to the letter. Somehow he had he had come up with the exact answers and questions for the exam. So something mystical is going on with Dirk Gently, and you're never exactly sure what it is. But yeah, he's a really interesting character. He's humorous. He's uh, ridiculous. I like him. Yeah, I like, I him, like in the him books. too. I've seen at least I've seen trailers and clips from the TV shows, and I don't think I'm interested in ever watching mm. those. They don't seem like I didn't even like know a there faithful were adaptations at all. So unfortunately, yeah. But I but don't. The know. book is really good. Yeah, definitely check out. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency with my number three character, Dirk Gently. All right. My number three comes from, again, Avatar The Last Airbender. What? Can you guess it? Ang? Nope. The Cabbage Seller? <laughs> no. The Platypus Bear? <laughs> no, it's General Iroh. Oh, uh, yeah. Prince Zuko's uncle. Yeah. So, General Iroh... At, when you first meet him, he's just the uncle that you wonder, why is this nice old man putting up with this bratty young nephew and following him around and still mentoring <laughs> him even when the nephew uh, storms and rages at him and and doesn't show him any respect? Mm-hmm. And you uh, just keep on growing in your respect for General Iroh. And at one point, he plays the fool and people think he's just this frumpy dumpy old man and then it turns out he's this really cool muscular powerful warrior (laughs) yeah he's he's got some really interesting twists to him different sides to him and just a very likable uh character so that's my number three general iroh nice good choice good choice all right my number two here we go Whew, getting good now. I know. My favorite character from the Chronicles of Narnia, a favorite book series. Aslan? Up. Nope. Edmund? No, but Aww. Edmund might be my second favorite. He's he's really good. Nope, my favorite is Puddleglum from wow, the Silver Wow, I would Chair. not have guessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely my favorite character from, from Narnia. He's, you know, completely dour, sarcastic, pessimistic. <laughs> He's, he is he seems like great. he's not going to be helpful at all to the main <laughs> characters, but he goes along with them on their quest mm-hmm. and is a really, really big help. Yeah, they and, they couldn't have made it without him. Right. And is a hero in his own way, even though he wouldn't seem to be the heroic type. And it's interesting because like, times where uh, the children are super cross and tired... He ends up being kind of the cheerful sort. <laughs> right. He's kind of, I guess he's the adult. Yeah, he right? is. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, very courageous. 
Um, I really like the, so with, with, uh, Puddle Glum, I think my favorite part with him and one of my favorite parts of the Narnia series is when they're talking to the, the evil witch and she is trying to convince the character, the hero characters that there really never was such a world as Narnia that they had imagined it all. There's nothing but the underworld. Right. That they're the, all the things that they thought were good and right were actually just um, things they imagined were actually just lies. Mm -hmm. And Puddle Glum says something to the effect of, even if there isn't such a thing as Narnia, I'm still going to go on um, living as if there was. And I'm still going to... Believing in it. Right, still believing in it. And I'd rather still live as a Narnian, even if there is no Narnia. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting, uh, you know, a really good moment when you're reading it as a kid. Right, but then later you see kind of the Christian parallel where C.S. Lewis is saying, even if all the things that he believed weren't true, he'd still God rather... God doesn't exist and stuff. Right. He'd still rather live as a Christian and still live um, upholding those tenets. And yeah, I thought that was really, yeah. really interesting. I actually had not story, seen so. that parallel until mm-hmm. you just brought it up right now. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So good old Puddle Glum. Good old C.S. Lewis. So if they're making a silver chair movie, they, oh, they better get be Puddle Glum right. That's that's all I'm going to say. They better get the whole movie right. Come if they on, get Puddle Glum right, they're they're halfway there. They're ha- yeah. So all right. That's my number two sci-fi fantasy character, Puddle Glum. Mm. My number two comes from a TV series that we've mentioned previously. He showed up on the villains list. Any guesses? TV show we mentioned in this episode? Uh, no, not on this episode, uh, but in previous episodes. Uh, Kingpin? No, he wasn't on my villains list at all. Oh, I don't. That was so long ago, I don't yeah. remember. All right, it's David Xanatos from oh, yeah. Gargoyles. Right. So everything I said back in the villains list where he is this really nice, likable, charismatic guy who who is super rich and then it ends up that he's got devious methods to everything he does, ulterior motives, and you never are sure that you can you end up deciding you can't trust him and just when you decide that you really he shows he can be trusted. <laughs> and you he's another anti-hero. Uh Starts off as the villain, becomes kind of an anti-hero, and then becomes a villain again, and you're just never sure what he is. But he's got his own sense of of right and wrong, and and honor and morals, and the things that he cares about he fights for dearly. And just when you think he's going to crush everything in his path, he ends up stepping back, and you realize, well, maybe there's some humanity to this guy after all. <laughs> so he is my number two, David Xanatos. He is an interesting one. Yes. Far, far more interesting than you'd expect from a children's cartoon. I know. All right. Time for the number one. The ones. number one. Number one. It's from a TV show you've already mentioned, but not a character you've already mentioned. Is it from Star Trek? Is it's it Spock? from Star Trek. It's Mr. Spock. What? Number one. Wow. By far, definitely. Like, when I... Started thinking of this list, boom, Mr. Spock at the top. Wow. And then started to think of who else would go on the list. Yeah, he is such an interesting character. So many things Very going on with him. Very interesting, that's for sure. So he's an alien 
uh, literally an alien from another planet. And so he has to deal with being an outsider all the time. Uh, that's always always an interesting character type. Trying to figure out how he fits in uh, to the uh, crew there on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, he's super smart. I was like the smart character is yeah. very analytical. And uh, not only is he an alien from another planet, but he's also half human. So he's always having to kind of wrestle inside him. Uh, with those two different parts of him, the emotional, um, rash human kind of side. more rash human side, yeah, versus the logical ordered Vulcan side, and so you see that struggle come out sometimes. He's uh, even though everybody always thinks of him as just sort of a emotionless computer, uh, you definitely see his friendship with, with Captain Kirk, Kirk and, yep. and Doctor McCoy, and. Uh, you really see his, his, I guess you'd say his humanity come out. His a lot loyalty in the seri- to Kirk. Series. Yep, his loyalty. Uh, there's so many interesting uh, moments with him, uh, moments where he realizes um, that logic is not all you need as a leader, for not example. Not always the answer. Um, for his first his first command in an away mission, he's he follows everything in a logical fashion that he can think of. And then realizes that um, that sometimes you have to take a chance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to, um, you know, account for other people's feelings and and for their uh, their thoughts. And so, yeah, super interesting character. And uh, Leonard Nimoy knocked it out of the park. Yeah, can never see him as any other character. I know. So, yeah, Mister Spock. By far the best sci-fi character, I would say. I can't, I can't dispute that he is certainly one of the best Star Trek characters. Yes, and he is a really good choice for your number one. Yeah, my number one comes from an excellent TV show. Okay. The name of the character is also the name of the TV show. Daredevil. No. Mm, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Well. Which yes, that's not his name. I know. Okay. But he's he an honorable mention for me. Good choice. Yeah, so he is so interesting, such an interesting character. You see in each incarnation so many different facets of him. So he is an alien from another planet. Not only that is he an alien, he is a time lord. So his race are the masters of time. They've got these time machines. They monitor time, make sure there's nothing uh, happening that shouldn't be, make sure it flows in an ordered way. And then it ends up that they got into this big war with their mortal enemies, the Daleks, who only care about killing. And it ended up he had to, there was this big time war and it was going to destroy the rest of the galaxy creation itself. So he destroys all of them in order to save the rest of the universe. And so he is the only one of his kind left. And he travels around in his time machine and you see how the, the decisions that he's had to make have affected him, and yet he's still this kind, jolly, well, maybe not jolly is the right word, uh, genial 
fellow who cares about people. And he has so many good lines. One of my favorite ones is where one of his companions says, Oh, I'm, I'm just a nobody. And he says, You know, in all my time, in all my 900 years of living, I never met anybody who wasn't important. <laughs> hmm. And he cares about justice and making sure that nothing interferes with the timeline. And the lengths that he will go to to preserve that. And yet, when somebody's life is on the line, he'll try and see if maybe he can still save them and still preserve the timeline. And you see that struggle with him, within him to keep the rules from being broken. And yet, so often, he wants to break the rules himself. <laughs> and even though he's an alien... You can see a lot of humanity in him. So, by far, better even than Mr. Spock, the best character in all of sci-fi and fantasy is the Doctor. We still don't even know his real name, because it's a carefully guarded, closely kept secret. For some reason, we don't yet know why. Right. Yeah, I, I think he is a really good character. He was my honorable mention. And maybe the best part about his character is they can make it be whatever they want. Like, yeah. I mean, they the show's been around for 50 years. So, you know, he can be angsty and angry one season, and then the next season he can be happy and silly. So he almost doesn't... I'm, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a character, but his character can be anything. Right. And so... Well, that's one of the things I like about him is that... You can always find something to relate to. Hmm. Gotcha. I guess I'm just not always looking for something to relate to in, in my characters. But that Most of the time I am. That's something, I guess, to think about. What do I like in characters? It's a good thing to ponder. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a, an episode on its own one day. So was Ponder Stibbins one of your honorable mentions? No. All right. So here's my honorable mentions. Alexander Dane from Galaxy Quest. He's the character played by... By Alan Rickman in the oh, Galaxy yeah. Quest, the kind of Spock-like character, but Vigrep. just an actor actor playing him. By <laughs> Grabthalshammer. Yep. What a savings. <laughs> uh, Freddy the Pig from the Freddy the Pig book yeah. series. Another character that can kind of, you know, kind of an everyman character. He can do pretty much anything, but um, a little too big for his britches, I'd say, is, is maybe his... <laughs> Maybe his defining characteristic. Uh, Lancelot from Once and Future King. Have you uh, read the Once and Future King? No, I haven't. The but uh, I know T. H. The... White's retelling of right. the Arthurian myth. It's interesting. I I think you would like it. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've read okay. it. But Lancelot and there's a really interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Martin the Warrior from Redwall. Yeah. Very nostalgic yeah. choice for me. Really liked that series growing up. Mary Catherine Blackwood. No, I don't know that name. Is from We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Oh. And if I had read that book before I made this list, she might have been higher up. Hmm. But as it is, an honorable mention. Matilda from Roald Dahl's yeah. Matilda. Always liked that character. Or Rollo, character from Anathem by Neil Stevenson. The one book that I've seen Brian devour. Yeah, it was... It's like a thousand page book that I read in 10 days, I think. Never seen him so addicted that was to a book. Exhilarating. I hadn't done that in a long time. Uh, Phil Connors from Groundhog Day. 
Bill Murray in yeah. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle. Ah, oh, good choice. Good choice. So, those are my honorable mentions. What are yours? All right. Well, Severus Snape from the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Another yeah. kind of anti-hero character. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. I think he's nice. kind of a fun character. Han Solo. King Arthur of Camelot. Kind of going back into the legends there. Yep. Sherlock Holmes. Captain Nemo. Very enigmatic character. Mm-hmm. The luggage from the Discworld series. <laughs> every time it shows Sentient up, luggage. <laughs> every time it shows up, you just know something crazy is going to happen. The goon from Archer's Goon, mm, the book, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. book. Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. Uh-huh. Darth Vader. See, but Howl isn't really in Howl's Moving Castle very much. And that kind of is what is interesting to me about him. You you learn about him from his absence more huh. than from his presence. That doesn't make any sense. Go read the book. You'll see what I mean. Uh, Darth Vader from the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, yeah. Very interesting guy. And then last but not least, MacGyver. Nice. Well, I'm glad you could pick characters that you relate with, like Darth Vader and the luggage. And- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Well, that's why they didn't actually make the list. But look, they... David Xanatos. They are... Very relatable. Shut up. He is in his own way. (laughs) Hmm. I wish I had his... the ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had his sense of control over everything. Anyway. Right. So you wish you could be relatable with him. So... Well, I'd say you relate very well to Mr. Spock with your disregard for feelings. Fascinating. So let us know what your favorite sci-fi or fantasy characters or even other speculative fiction characters. Uh, We didn't, I don't think, have any characters from the horror genre or... Other genres. Or from other speculative fiction genres, really. Well... I would say, I think like Robin Hood, for example, is, I'd say that's speculative fiction, but not necessarily sci-fi or fantasy. Okay. Um, I kind of put it in the fantasy section, but. No, there's nothing really fantastic in Robin Hood. I suppose not. Um, Like, I'm not saying, I think he should be on this list. Right. We said sci-fi fantasy just as a catch-all for all of those. But if you have any, any characters at all that would fit in there that you really like and we didn't include on our list, let us know or let us know if. We, meant, we did mention your favorite. You can email us, cozer, uh, tto at cozer.us, or go to our website. You can go straight to this episode by going to tto.cozer.us slash 24. Leave a comment there for us. Our next episode is going to be our 25th episode, and it's going to be top 10 pieces of advice after five years of marriage. So until next time, I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. Life is like a hurricane. Here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers aeroplanes it's a duck blur might solve a mystery 
or rewrite history. DuckTales. Whoa-ho.